0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, Episode 11, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. My name is Justin, aka JMac, aka Founder Numero Uno, and I am your host today. And I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Ben the Carnivore Baseball. Ben, what's going on, man?
1: Excellent, Justin. How are you?
0: Doing well. Doing well. well we have actually have a, another guest as well with us today. Our good what? friend. What? Kate- another guest? Yeah. Our good friend Caitlin. Caitlin, how's it going? Hey, pretty good. How about you guys? Doing well. Doing well.
1: Doing well. Welcome to the podcast, Caitlin. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's gonna be. Yeah, you ready to talk some? I'm very excited. Yes. This is the episode where we talk really deep analytics uh, into baseball. We're going to talk about uh, everyone's favorite WHIP stats. Oh, wait, never mind. That's no, another episode. No.
0: Yeah, that's, that's later, I think. Yeah. No, we're actually going to talk today about one thing in particular. So uh, we're going to talk. So as everyone should know by now, this is a huge pro Simpsons podcast. We've all grown up watching it. It's one of our favorite shows in the world. And I feel like we all relate to it together on so many levels. Am I right? Absolutely. Totally. Totally. So we're going to talk about the one of the, probably the most iconic episodes of that show called Homer at the Bat. And the premise of it is Homer plays on the company's softball team and they, uh, they basically make it all the way up to the championship. Mr. Burns makes a big bet with some, some other rich owner and decides to uh, bring in a bunch of ringers uh, different baseball players who we'll kind of talk about in a second. And, uh, and just some wild, wild shit happens. So it's, uh, it's one of the best episodes there is and something that we've all bonded over for a long time. So I'm definitely excited to talk about it.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. So fair warning, if you're not into The Simpsons, we still want you to listen, but fair warned, that's going to be your uh, your main marching orders for totally. this episode.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's all we're talking about. So if you don't like it, sorry. <laughs>
1: He's not really sorry. He's kidding. I, I'm
0: Absolutely. not
2: sorry. I'm the, yeah. I don't have a place to be sorry because I'm a guest, but I'm still not sorry.
0: But see, that's the beauty of being in the seat you're in. You don't have to be responsible for what you say. I Precisely. No, well, right. eh. Eh.
1: Responsible and legal liability are two different things, but that's
2: okay. <laughs> glad, glad you clarified that just now. I was about to say some weird Thank stuff. You. <laughs> things
0: were going to get, get weird. Things were going to get weird. Well, Ben, who is sponsoring the pod today?
1: All right, let me check my, uh, my ad read here. Today's episode is brought to you by Duff Beer. Ready for some of Springfield's finest lager? Well, you're in the wrong place. Instead, <laughs> try some subpar pale ale. It'll make you say, don't. Back to you, Justin.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful.
1: <laughs>
0: now, where are you I'm finding told these sponsors. I've, I ask you this all the time, but these, these are getting yeah. better and better.
1: Hey, as long as the check's clear, I'll read their ads.
0: That's true. That's true. Excellent.
1: And that was the most capitalistic thing I'll say on this podcast ever, and I immediately <laughs> regret saying
0: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's all right. Well, um, so a, a little bit about Homer at the Bat. So it is the 17th episode in the third season. Uh, that, to me, is the first, was it four seasons, guys, Are Conan seasons? Where Where he, he yeah. was a writer for the show? I'm pretty sure, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, he really uh, was like a co-writer, and I believe he started becoming a head writer um, in the fourth season. But you can definitely start to feel his influence starting in season three, I believe. But let me definitely. fact check that.
0: Definitely. they. Uh, I know that they brought in... So they, they had to switch the usual producers of this episode simply because um, the usual producer doesn't know a ton about baseball. And so they wanted to make sure the authenticity was there. Uh, I think they nailed it, personally.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, It looks like here, a lot of the episodes he really wrote, um, yeah, we're starting in about that that 91, 92 era, and there's a list of ones he wrote. New Kid on the Block, Marge vs. Monorail, uh, which, by the way, is widely considered to be one of the best ones of all time, Uh, Homer Ghost College, and the fourth (laughs) Treehouse of Horror. So those were the ones with him as official, but I know in the writing room they're all throwing jokes back and forth and everything.
0: Caitlin, we were talking the other day about the monorail episode when they open up that, that – uh, whenever it's out of control and they open up the, the cabinet and there's that like <laughs> aardvark-looking <laughs> thing hanging there. It's the like possum. a mad raccoon <laughs> <laughs> all, all oh wrapped God. up in wires. <laughs> I call the so big one course, bitey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course Justin wouldn't be able to identify a possum. They don't have I those in the Northeast. I
0: don't remember if it was actually a possum though.
1: Oh, okay. I
0: don't
2: know what it was. It was some kind of <laughs> mammal some sort
3: of that was just
2: living in the monorail, and Homer just was in charge of it by virtue of driving that monorail that day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Incredible. Some sort
1: of a critter. That's wonderful.
0: It's exactly what it feels like with normal public transportation, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we we should ask Jimmy Midtown if he's seen that in New York yet.
1: Uh, I'm sure he's seen worse, actually. Eh, Good true. old G- Jimmy Westside.
0: <laughs> Good old Jimmy Midtown. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's kind of dive into the episode a little bit. Um, so I think we all have watched this episode in the last like, day or so, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, I believe that was part of our homework. Caitlin, what about you?
2: Uh, at least three times, I got to oh. say. I've had some She's extra time on my bad. hands. <laughs> no. All right.
1: that's fair. no, that's fair. We should we should y'all going to make you, me like... look
0: bad. I don't know who any of the players but I don't know are, but... are. I think you are. I think you might make us look bad here.
1: Ah. immediately she'll start her own simpsons podcast <laughs> and within 48 hours she'll have more can
0: we come on as guests <laughs> yeah that's great that, of that'll be
1: our claim to fame is we got to star on caitlin's podcast Once there you go
0: anytime welcome anytime you, you may even show up in some sort of wonky ad you never know
1: <laughs> so to start off the episode um it's absolutely brilliant. It starts out with Homer choking on a donut, uh, and, um, and immediately, <laughs> and it's actually more like 30 donuts, because um, he's just hammering them back. But I think one of my favorite sight gags, um, and what kind of sets up the whole softball thing, is the incompetent employees are trying to figure out how to save his life, and they look over at the, at the bulletin board in the break room. And on there, there is a Heimlich maneuver bulletin, um, but they don't point to that. They point to the softball signups, and that's what gets Homer to come do. And if you look closely at that, yes, one dude is doing the Heimlich maneuver to another dude, but an entire whole lobster is what's flying yeah. out of the guy's mouth. Like, I just love yes. that—that—that's just sight gag. Because if you're gonna choke, you need to choke on an entire lobster. Yeah,
2: you, gotta right. go you gotta go big. You gotta go big with it. That's true. Incidentally, I think I, like, press stop and rewind three times just on that, like, two-second segment where Homer, like, throws up the donuts because his <laughs> eyes are just, like, bulging. out of the, the bulging out of his head. And I've I just never seen him make that face before, and I just – I couldn't stop laughing. I had this – I took a picture of it and I actually sent it to Justin. She <laughs> and
0: did. Was, like, and you got to gotta wonder, like, how they – how you draw something like that? You, you've almost got to. Do you look like next to
2: you, like making that face or something? I don't know.
1: <laughs> so I guess two things. Number one, uh, Justin, we need to put that picture on Instagram easily. Uh, but two, I can only imagine that that, like y'all said, the cartoonists are just going nuts when they're drawing these sorts of things. In fact, there are entire like sub portions of the internet devoted to people who have paused cartoons in strange places to see like the weird faces that they're
0: making. Oh, in those are great. Cells.
2: Yeah. The ones on Disney are just like yes. obscene in some places.
0: I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I'm assuming that will not get its own page on sensibly loud.com. Right.
1: Nor will it get its own podcast. At least <laughs> not this week. We have plenty more baseball and or Simpsons to be talking.
0: We've got things to do around here. <laughs> Well, okay. so I, I actually named a couple of sight gags as well, so I will point those out as we kind of get a little further into the episode. But it, one of the things that I think I love about this episode the most is no matter how many times I watch it, I always find something funny about it. Every time. And it just it something never new. To, to blow my mind. Uh, well, I, I, what, what, what were it, you going
1: to say? Oh, so I think that what, what's what's really funny, maybe it's like me approaching it with like fresh eyes. um, you know, I'm 30, I've been married uh, damn near eight years now, but I think the just the dynamics between Marge and Homer throughout the run of the show, but even in this episode, um, when Homer's working on his his bat that we'll get to in a little bit, Wonder Bat, um, there, there's just a brilliant gag where Homer's working on it in the garage and, and she just stands in the garage door and says, Homer, come back to bed. And it immediately cuts to Homer and Marge in bed, but Homer's still working on the back. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and so just like stuff like that. And and later on in the episode, um, Homer's real down on himself because Mr. Burns has brought in all the ringers and he's like, oh, I'm not good at anything. She says, well, you're good at plenty of things, honey. We, You can, we, you know, you're a great snuggler. And without missing a beat, Homer says, yeah, but none of my friends can watch us do that. <laughs> Just, so, the entire idea that, that his, his character is not... You know, he's just totally missing the, the affection of his Always. other half. Always. And, um, you yeah, know, so I think that as I view that, you know, I, I probably didn't pick up on that when I was seven and sure. watching this for the first time. Or, I guess it came out uh, February of 1992, so I would have just turned four years old <laughs> when this episode came so, out. yeah, you
0: might not have caught that.
1: Hey, that's all right.
0: Yeah, and Caleb and I were talking recently about just the, the, the dynamic of their marriage and and <laughs> it's like that one episode whenever uh Marge is like driving slow and Homer just goes, Oh Marge you suck <laughs> just I can't just imagine like, I just saying said that, that to, my to
2: my husband to start to him and like Austin you suck it'll be like
1: <laughs> Oh y'all spouses <laughs> who, who don't don't I? say that to you regularly. Not you.
2: Uh, well, i mean Yeah. Uh yeah. You got, you got me way. there. You got me
0: there. Now, one of the, uh, the funny parts that I found was the uh, – the, uh, whatever they were talking. So you were talking about the Heimlich re- maneuver thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever they found the company's softball uh, sign-up, Homer jumps in to sign up right away because, of course, he does. It's an All-American, right? But
1: mm-hmm.
0: Lenny goes, oh, well – uh, or Homer goes, you know, I, I know that last year wasn't our best year. We went two and twenty eight, and 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 uh, Lenny just goes. Actually, it was our best year. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about yeah. that. It's just it's such a like a I don't know such a uh, a pun on the way that that whole city interacts. They're just they're really not good at anything, and they're a bunch of bandwagon people that just follow each other <laughs> around. <like> goats.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny too. Is is so so to kind of as the episode progresses, um, that they start the softball team and everything's going strongly. They start winning games and. um, Eventually, Mr. Burns, obviously the owner of the plant, uh, thereby the owner of the softball team, makes a bet. But a little trivia, the guy that he makes a bet with is the owner of the Shelbyville plant. His name's Aristotle Amadopoulos. Like, what kind of name? Wow. (laughs) Like, it's it's so so bougie. Like, he's just trying to make sure that um, that just sounds like the exact name of your antagonist in a nuclear plant. Oh, Oh,
2: for sure. And I'm sure that he ended up at like the billionaires camp several seasons later when Homer or not Homer, Mr. Burns makes another bet that lands him in hot water. So Yeah, (laughs) no, no, and
0: and I'm sure that like, I mean the the plaque on the on the uh like the entry whenever you go into the Millionaires Club, it says like must have a million dollars to enter. That's great. <laughs> what the hell is that? It's like the Dallas Country Club. <laughs> exactly. Well, About two uh, million, Caitlin. Yeah. Uh. So, so we kind of move on a little bit. So Homer gets caught out in a storm. He shelters himself under a piece of sheet metal and goes Naturally. under an enormous tree because that's where he thinks he should go for shelter. And lightning hits his tree branch. Tree branch falls off. Homer thinks that this is a magical tree branch. He's got to make a bat out of it. So he put his Absolutely. homemade football on hold. Yeah, Which, I like how he just
2: swipes way, it a- across the table, off the table, <laughs> and it's just like this. This I, I can't even. Do it. it looks like a pillow that like a three year old stitched together. It's just stuffy. garbage. It's
0: got NFL written like, on
1: the side of it. Yeah, NFL <laughs> written on the side of it. I feel like my three year old could probably stitch it better. Pillow. She probably no, um, could, or he could. Uh, yeah, she. So I think what's what's great about this, like, I don't know. It's just it's absolutely incredible that. That that's what it takes for him to to be motivated for something. Um, because just at the drop of a hat, Homer's willing to drop anything and make this uh, you know, make this my life. You know, I, I talked about him um, stopping now with Marge or you know, he was literally dying when choking on the donuts, but no, we're good. Now <laughs> softball, you know. So it's just the ability yeah. to turn on a dime is, is He's incredible. very
0: adaptable in that Definitely. sense. So he pulls the, the wonder bat out later on whenever they're in a clutch situation is, am I remember that correctly there? It's like Mm -hmm. they've got uh, the bases loaded bottom of the ninth kind of situation. Homer steps up to the plate with wonder bat and everybody wonders what the actual wonder bat could be earlier in the episode. And something I noticed is the things, the imagery that they use of the things that they're imagining that the, the secret weapon is what Homer refers to it as could be such as the giant glove,
3: (laughs)
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The giant glove, the springs that he could bounce from base to base. And oh, God. The, the one that Lenny thinks of, and Lenny's a top five character, no doubt about it. Oh, absolutely. Um, and Lenny and Carl are grouped together, but w- that's not Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Lenny dreams of a, it being a laser gun where Homer's standing at home plate just zapping people in the infield.
1: I'm pretty sure that's that's legal in baseball, right? Isn't that something that the that the Yankees were going to do this year?
0: <laughs> not the way they're headed. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, <laughs> we'll not get into John Carlos Stanton today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'll be another episode. For <laughs> that, sure. Another
0: day, another day, my friend. Well, uh, later on in the episode, they uh, <laughs> they they're talking about Wonder Bat, and they ask Homer how many home runs he's going to hit. He estimates there's 30 games. He has 10 at bats, and <laughs> a home run each at bat. 3,000.
1: <laughs> that's about right. It's great. Oh, I by love the, the way. Fact that he
0: thinks he's going to get 10 at bats.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's adult amateur slow pitch softball. No, that's great. The um, by care. the way, for, for those of you that have not seen this episode, we would say spoiler alert. However, you've had 26 years to see this. So, <laughs> it's
0: not exactly spoiling anything. No, no not, not at all. Absolutely. Well, um, so they have their, their, the game start up and everything. So this is before they bring in the ringers and everything. And Homer's getting a bunch of pop off the bat. He's having a bunch of walk-off type situations. And, but the first game that they played was against the police.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, I love it. Uh, probably one of the best parts of that, of that. And this is a great, great Simpsons uh, bit overall is Chief Wiggum's incompetence. Wiggum's <laughs> at the bat and the radio comes on about the time the pitcher's winding up in the dugout, and it's like, attention all units, attention all units, we have an armed robbery, or whatever. And, of course, turn that radio off. You know, he, he immediately cannot be bothered with it. Uh, this is not even, I don't know, 90 seconds after him downing two beers and telling the umpire he knows exactly how to play softball, uh, which makes me think he's still probably on the clock.
0: What
1: was Most the likely. fourth inning, the beer inning? Yes, yes. Uh, the, the rules essentially are enough to um, just get drunk reading them. I, I don't have them in front of me, but essentially it's after any odd beers, after any odd inning, drink a beer, <laughs> after any base hit, drink a beer, after any run, drink a beer. And so, you know, you, you're, you clearly will very soon have the visual aesthetic of, of Chief Wiggum or of Homer Simpson if you're binge drinking that much. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. We've all been there, too. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, oh, and then the other thing, (laughs) they're going through all the the different rules and all this, and, of course, after the the Springfield Power Plant wins in a walk-off situation, Chief Wiggum, in more of his incompetence, tells Eddie and Lou, also a great character that's underrated on this show, they tell Mm -hmm. them... To uh, to get his li- his uh, license and registration. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, get their license and registration. <laughs> what, is, what good is that going to do? Well, <laughs> Makes sense. But That's that wasn't awesome. the, the police's only fine appearance in this episode, but we'll get to that in a little bit.
1: So, to move the plot along, because there's a lot of good stuff we want to make sure we cover. The team's doing really well, and so Mr. Burns decides, hey... I'm making this bet on my winning team. Why would I not want to cheat and to try and win this bet? And, of course, Smithers immediately responds with, who do you want me to kill? So you know that they've been in this situation before. But one of my very favorite throwaway bits from it is um Mr. Burns pulls up you know one of those corporate whiteboard sort of things, and on there is a drawing of a baseball diamond, and he has a list of who his ringers are and what 's great is all of them ha- are dead, all of them are old timey <laughs> baseball players. in fact, I pulled it up the most recent um player he named had died more th- or almost twenty years before this episode aired, and he was the oldest of all of excuse me he was the youngest of all the players, so oh, wow. what do we have here? It's Shoeless Joe Jackson, Pie Trainer, Harry Hooper, Honus Wagner, Cap Anderson, Nap Joy, Gappy Street, Mordecai Three Finger Brown, and, of course, Jim Creighton. So I just love the fact that he—you know, all-star games in baseball didn't start till I believe, 1936. But, of course, Mr. Burns is able to put together an <laughs> all-stars of sluggers from the teens. And, of course, when Mr. Burns eventually uh, starts managing from the dugout— He's wearing a a Zephyr shirt. (laughs) Like that's the jersey that he's wearing, you know, because when was the last time the team was called the Zephyrs? In fact, if this podcasting doesn't work out, Justin, that'll be our next uh, business venture is we will start our own uh, softball team called the Zephyrs. How do you think we'll do, Caitlin?
2: I I think y'all win about as much as Springfield did before they brought in the ringers. So good luck. I don't know. The Zephyrs, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I'm sleeping on y'all,
0: but I feel like there's gotta be a team named the Zephyr somewhere. That doesn't oh, yeah. that seems way too way too uh generic for that not to be a name of a team.
1: And by the way, in Simpsons lore, I think this is one of the first episodes that focused on baseball. I know later on they had a really good one. Um, with like Mark McGuire hitting a baseball so hard it knocks a satellite out of the sky. Yes, that's when
2: Bart has um, ADD. I'm pretty sure he yes. gets diagnosed with ADD yeah. and has to go on a Ritalin or whatever the Simpsons version of Ritalin is.
1: It's probably like in or Fix-A-Kid yeah, or something.
0: something. Fix-A-Kid.
2: That, yes. that may have been it.
0: Did you anyway? It's just absolutely wonderful. Wasn't there? A, wasn't there a player named Tony Suck? Tony Suck. <laughs> yeah, the Suck Man.
2: Yes. Who changed his last name from Zuck with a Z to Suck? <laughs> because that's that's the better last name.
0: Just uh, Hey Ben, what do you think uh the Suck Man's batting average was?
1: Um played, 111.
0: wait, let me let me give you context. He played okay. eighteen eighty three to eighteen
1: eighty four. Okay, so we're we're talking we're talking small ball then. Eighteen eighty three. <laughs> To 1884, he played for one year? Uh,
0: well, he, went, he played for three different teams uh, in okay. 84.
1: A, a true journeyman. A true journeyman. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: something like that. Um, Let's see. So this would have been Grover Cleveland was in office. <laughs> so No, I'm kidding. I could be way off base there. I'm going to say he had a batting average of 203.
0: Uh, 151.
1: Ooh, that one hurts.
0: He he had an OPS of 366. <laughs> okay, uh, that's Outstanding. rough. Outstanding. I think uh, the median is probably like 500 at this point. Obviously, well, so yeah,
1: because li- this was back whenever. All right, you would hit a team would hit 10 home runs in a year.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Out of baseball talk. So yeah, the, and so another throwaway thing that a lot of people may not pick up, I I don't know, they may pick up because it's so racy, was whenever Mr. Burns is telling Smithers to scour the leagues for different players, and he lists the American League, the National League, and the Negro League. (laughs) Once again, wildly out of touch
2: Something you probably could have gotten away with in 1992 that would not fly in 2018 Probably
0: not (laughs)
1: You're telling me that television has changed? No, you're absolutely right In fact, I believe the Negro League ended up folding in 51 is when it said
0: Yeah, that makes sense
1: Once again, Mr. Burns, just a little out of touch but Bless his heart for trying
0: Bless his heart for trying Well, Ben, move us along
1: all right, so what we have here is they eventually go to, to sign actual major league players, and you get these wonderful bits of Mr. Smithers going out and recruiting um, Roger Clemens, Wade Boggs, Ken Griffey Jr., Steve Sachs, Ozzy Smith, Jose Canseco, Don Mattingly, Daryl Strawberry, and Mike Socia. What
0: so an incredible cast.
1: These, <laughs> what's great about this is you actually have um, Mr. Burns approaching them in... Wildly different scenarios and, and pitching them on things. So I believe he asks uh, one of them, "How do you like playing for the Dodgers?" And he responds, "So was
0: Mattingly." What?
1: Yeah, he asked Mattingly, "Well, <laughs> how do you like playing for the Dodgers?" And Mattingly responds, "It's all right, I guess, but I'd really rather work around something more blue collar with a bunch <laughs> of machinery." And so he's like, "Have I got a job for you?"
0: And Wait, so no, I think, he goes, I I we think that talk. was. <laughs> I think that was. I'm trying to remember now.
1: Was <laughs> that Socha? <laughs> maybe
0: no, that was because- Soja
2: 'Cause Mattingly was like when uh, Smithers shows up at his front door and he's like washing dishes or something, he's like, Hey, come on, come on in. What's your name? What's your name? <laughs> Are you thirsty? <laughs> you thirsty, what's your name? I'm like I
1: kind that's of inspired what I do when to be strangers. that. Yeah, right. yeah. Just, I love it. Come on no, in. Don
0: Mattingly simply said that it's a pay cut, but he'd do it. <laughs> he's like la- said, You'll give me fifty grand for one game? Eh, it's pay cut, but what the hell? It sounds fun. <laughs> in yeah, true that's Don awesome. Mattingly style. Uh and, and uh, Mike another... Socha was great too. Even though Ben's like wildly anti Mike Sosha
1: Oh really? That's not true. <laughs> I'm just not oh, wait, wild I think that's about me. it. <laughs> well, I think I think wasn't our bit that we don't want to be caught um drinking what, peanut butter stout in a dive bar outside of Anaheim? <laughs> yeah. Ew. We decided? Like Damn. Cool. <laughs> Oh, that doesn't hair. sound appealing, Caitlin. That's not that's uh, not something that your husband uh, did with, during your courtship.
2: Uh not that I know of. He's had a chocolate stout in his day, and even then, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know.
0: So but, the other, so I loved also whenever they went to recruit Steve Sachs, and he's playing stand up bass in a, in a jazz band, and it's like, sure, let's do it, and like spins he the like thing spins around the
2: bass, yeah. <laughs> Underrated oh part
0: of that episode.
2: <laughs> Which one of them is the one that's like a tourist and like walking around taking pictures that's and Smithers? Ozzy Smith. Ozzie Smith. Yes.
0: Okay. Because he finds him in the Elvis. That's museum. what it was. Yeah.
1: yeah Graceland.
0: Yeah, Graceland. Graceland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't really show where they found like Ken Griffey Jr., did they?
1: I don't believe so. No, I'll have to go back and rewatch it this week because that's all I do with my life now. (laughs) Uh, It's also important to the plot. Mr. Burns hires a hypnotist to try and train the team, Um, but to move it along, unfortunately, uh, that's where things start to go wrong for Mr. Burns. um, Hold on, because let's let's
0: let's talk about real quick how the first practice goes.
1: Okay, wonderful, very important. How's it go, Justin? So
0: one of my favorite scenes of this whole episode that had me in tears. Like just one rant that I think we talked about like how you can always find something on these shows. But like this one, just like it was just one of those random times where I'd see it 100 times and it just caught me. You know, it's whenever Burns goes to lay down the bunt and he's trying to show Ken Griffey Jr. how to lay down a (laughs) bunt and just gets wiped off the face of the plate, off the face of the plate (laughs) after the pitch comes from from, uh, Clemens. Oh, man. Gets me every single time.
2: If we could back that's up, cool. I I love the part where like, where they're being. Have we gotten to the part where they're introduced to the plant and like the people that are actually no, on the softball no, team? No,
0: no, no, we haven't. That, that's, okay, I don't want to get ahead
2: problem. of us because that's that's no, no, key. No, that.
0: But talk about it.
2: <laughs> oh man, so they they introduce the team to the plant, and uh, um, so Homer's going up to talk to Daryl Strawberry, and <laughs> he's like, "Are you Daryl Strawberry? Yes, you play right field." So. <laughs> And Homer's yes. like, well, are you better than me? And, and Strawberry's just like, well, I've never met you, but yes. <laughs> like that's the end of the entire interaction. And thus begins like this epic struggle between Daryl Strawberry and Homer. And, and Daryl Strawberry yes. is, just, is just egging him on the entire episode, just like a nine-year-old would do to his little sister. It's just, oh, it's, it's too good. Too good.
0: Because Strawberry turns into such a suck-up. I mean, such a suck up. Gosh, he's the worst. And and the part that gets me about this episode too, is that these players like did all the voiceover work and it took them like six months to record or like to do this episode because they had to catch the players as they came to Los Angeles and had time to record their parts. And so most of them did them just in layers over time. And, but like the players like had to know, you know like they knew the plot obviously because mm-hmm. Daryl Strawberry was the biggest suck up I've ever seen on any show the entire <laughs> time to Mr. Burns and he's just so Mr. Burns just eats it up of course.
2: Well he starts he calling him Skip. Yeah. And it's like they <laughs> never explained where Skip. that started from but it's just like he just starts going he says like just awful stuff that makes you just want to slug him. He's just like I don't like the attitudes on some of these guys <laughs> he's Skip. He's just like that's right Daryl. <laughs> I and mean, he turns around to Homer, just like this shit-eating grin. And you're just <laughs> yeah. like, ah, oh. ah, oh, you yes. son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> and I, I love that whenever they're introducing them in the in the auditorium to all the plant workers, and they make Ken Griffey Jr. the lunchroom cashier. <laughs> I forgot about that. He's like, we'll make up jobs for the rest of these guys later. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh man, awesome. Well, Ben, now move on to what you were saying before.
1: Okay, so. Uh, basically things start to go south for our heroes because um, each of the players has something happen to them which starts to render them unable to play the big game. So
0: So I've got this all written out. We're going to talk through each one of them real quick. Yes,
1: awesome. Let's do it. All right. Bring it on.
0: So number one is Ken Griffey Jr., Getting hooked on nerve tonic.
2: The nerve and brain tonic. He's just like, just sucking it down. Like Mr. Burns tells him that like, there's no more soda, nothing. Like they just yeah. have to drink this nerve and brain tonic. And like, he's just he's the only down. one that just gets hooked on it. And <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh. So then he get like wheeled into the hospital and, is, and he's got like gigantism or something. Yeah.
0: So, so that's really funny to me. And that's something I noticed. That's what I was, I was teasing earlier. Uh, Caitlin, is that I love that? That's such a commentary on the fact that he probably did steroids, and that's <laughs> what that comments on is having. I never head. thought of that, and that just I love. Oh that. my I, gosh, I that's, that's great! Such a commentary on the '90s.
1: Pretty good. You also got to factor in the fact that that realistically, that could also be because Mr. Burns was thinking of, like, Prohibition in the late 20s and 30s and when they were just making these medicine show types of right? remedies, you know. So that's I love ex- No, and
0: that's exactly where it came from is that 20s style of, like, you know, electroshock therapy works to cure your, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, well that's like the gym yeah. that yeah. they like,
2: were working out in, too. Do y'all remember, like, the, the part where it cuts to them, like, in this gym and, like, Homer's <laughs> in, like, this steamer and, like, one of them's, <laughs> the like, in this, like, steamer? little, like – Yes, they're using things. yeah
0: they're using the the uh the, the punching bags and they're punching using medicine bags. balls <laughs> yeah that
1: machine that just shakes you
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> literally <laughs> yes absolutely but i love that ken griffey is like the thing that he says when he first drinks the nerve tonic is it's like there's a party in my mouth and everyone's invited and <laughs> the thing that makes me laugh about that the most is that ken griffey jr when he went in there to record that didn't understand like what that meant. He just did, couldn't wrap his head around the meaning of that and was really confused by it and almost like frustrated because he couldn't get the cadence right of saying it because he was <laughs> like, he didn't really understand what that means. And I just, I, it just, it's so fitting. <laughs> <laughs> so That's who's next great. after so, him?
1: Yeah. Who's next?
0: So after him, we have Ozzie Smith who falls down that black hole.
1: Oh no, poor Ozzy Smith. Uh, so, yeah.
0: as Caitlin mentioned earlier, he's in his true uh, tourist form. Has his camera. He sees this big tent out in the middle of nowhere. It was with, like
1: just on the side of the yeah, road, and this one
2: shady guy just like manning it. Like I don't really know what's in there, but you can check it out if you want for fifteen bucks or something. Uh, something to so, that effect.
0: No, he says <laughs> he says uh, he says that. Uh, he Asked him how long it takes because he's got a softball game. That's right, as that's all right. These guys are getting hurt, they're wearing their uniforms. So, like, <laughs> you gotta
1: be ready, Justin.
0: Yeah, and so they he uh, asked how long it'll take. He says, I don't know, you may never come out. And he's like, soul, I'm in. <laughs> 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 and then he like walks in the tent and just falls into this like oblivion, like weird spinny thing where he and he's just like, Oh, and he's taking pictures and screaming,
1: and that's it. That's what like, I imagine. Purgatory would be like.
0: Exactly. Most you never likely. see Ozzy Smith again. <laughs> so. That's great. The next one is Jose Canseco. Jose okay. Canseco happens to wander oh, upon a house that is on fire.
2: Oh, that was him. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> he starts pulling. The lady screaming about her baby being in, in the fire and in danger. So he runs in like a hero in his uniform to get them. Then what happens?
1: So. What's great about that that fire scene is the whole thing is Canseco didn't want his originally part and he asked it to be rewritten. So they wanted to make him almost tongue-in-cheek as heroic as possible. So what happens to Canseco is every chance he keeps running into the building, the woman keeps asking him to save more and more items. And so it's just a, a wonderful cartoon gag. I don't know if he's ring, bringing out like three kittens at a time and like a <laughs> grandfather clock. I don't and then believe when... When the credits are rolling, he's still pulling things out of the house.
2: My player piano. (laughs) Yes.
0: I love how she's like, no, no, the dryer goes on the left. (laughs) Yes. Like, really? Your whole living room's out in the front lawn. (laughs) Awesome. It's the
1: slowest moving fire of all
0: time. Yeah, exactly. The house is still standing. Oh, yeah. Throughout all this, (laughs) yeah. So next on the list, Ben mentioned the hypnotist. (laughs) So they go to the hypnotist before the game to get their minds in in all good order. Well, Roger Clemens, the starting pitcher, ends up getting hypnotized into thinking he's a chicken. Oh, man. And they only show him like two or three times, but they show him out on the mound pecking around like a chicken. (laughs) And he actually made the noises for it. Like he did the chicken box. And oh, no. So they show him out there rooting around on the mound like a chicken. And Burns is like, oh, shit, what's you know, basically what's going on here? And they also show him later in the dugout, and he's, he's, uh, he's making chicken noises at Homer. And <laughs> it just, <laughs> I don't know, just something about the fact that he he, he turns into a chicken, or you know, thinks he's a chicken. And then Burns goes to confront the therapist, the, the hypnotist about it. And the hypnotist pulls out the watch and... <laughs> <laughs> fucking hypnotized and Burns and is like, no, I did a good job. He's like, ah, you did a good job. It's fine.
3: <laughs> Doesn't
2: Smithers so say guess... something to the effect of like he, he's in no condition to play and it just cuts to him like kicking up dirt and like pecking at <laughs> the ground? Yes.
1: <laughs> would would either of y'all, Caitlin or Justin, would either of y'all be able to make chicken noises right now that anywhere come close to Clemens' chicken balking? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was Justin. <laughs> okay, that's, that's good. good. That's, like pretty pretty that. That's pretty good. Pretty good. I like the uh, the effort here. Um, I'm gonna give. It,
0: I'm gonna. I'm gonna do my my chicken here. Here we go. Oh, clear winner! Holy hell! Thank you. All right. Thank you. That's. We're gonna address that later on. Um,
1: <laughs> <clears throat> that'll be one for therapy.
0: So on to the next one. So the fifth the fifth person that falls off is. So we talked about Mike Socha wanting to have an everyday blue-collar job. So he ran, like, the big reactor core or something like that. And at one point earlier in the episode, he's walking around talking about how great it is to have a real job, and he dumps over a wheelbarrow full of chemical waste, and Lenny tells him, Ah, don't worry about it! And he's like, "Oh man, this is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so all about this, like, blue-collar job. So, of course, by the time the game comes around, he's got radiation poisoning
2: gosh ask
0: dr hibbert if he'll be able to play softball tomorrow
2: <laughs> he does a <the> little <laughs> the little chuckle he's like you're lucky to be alive you may not be around here tomorrow <laughs> and he just he doesn't miss a beat he just kind of goes oh man like not even like fully comprehending that he's dying it's like oh
1: yeah man, bummer more bummed about the game so yeah if only the plant had a safety inspector oh wait justin who is the plant safety inspector Homeboy, oh,
0: <laughs> Homer yeah. Simpson
1: himself, Homer J Simpson.
0: So number six here uh, is Don Mattingly. Don <laughs> Mat- Don Mattingly pisses off Burns because Burns keeps telling him to shave his sideburns. <laughs> That's my favorite. He has a full he- like he did back in the eighties. He has like a full head of hair with the mm-hmm. the longer sideburns and the stash, uh, looking very Keith Hernandez of him, and. <laughs> That's a shout-out for Jimmy Midtown right there, because I know Jimmy oh Midtown God. will be listening to this episode. Um, but the, <laughs> Burns tells him to shave the sideburns. He yells at him a couple times about it. So it comes the day of the game. Mattingly walks up. He says, I told you to say, shave those sideburns. And he says, I don't know. Look, I shaved them off. I don't know what you think sideburns are. But uh, And Mr. Burns will hear, hear nothing of it. Right. And so then causes Mattingly to go shave like the, the middle of his hair off. Like... Like, ear-to-ear, but left the front and the back part of it.
1: Like, picture a reverse mohawk that's sideways is essentially what we have here. Right. It's very reminiscent of the old jackass stunts where they take the clippers on each other and you just get the ugly patches (laughs) of skull. That's a
0: great comparison. Yes. So, so anyway, so he does that, comes back. Mr. Burns says, I told you to shave those sideburns and kicks him off the team. (laughs) And... I love the line when he says, ah, well, he's still better than Steinbrenner. <laughs> <laughs> you would. Such, such, a, such a, a remark on the 90s era of the Yankees ownership. That's so funny. All yeah, right. and
1: this was just before the Yankees had really, it was what, Riven. five years before they started yeah. getting super good again? Yeah. So, I mean, I love it. Yeah. That Steinbrenner probably had that one coming.
0: Totally. So the seventh one is Steve Sachs. Perhaps my favorite. So, um, this is where uh, the cops return into the, the, uh, the episode because before they were shooting their guns during, you know, whenever they, they scored a run, which is wildly unbelievable. But, I mean, I don't know. Wiggum told him to stop, to be fair, I guess. But, um, <clears throat> like he's any kind of authority figure. But uh, Steve Sachs is driving through Springfield, says, Man, this is a great little town. I should buy a home here and retire. And all of a sudden, he gets pulled over, and it's Eddie and Lou, the two cops. And for whatever reason, they just like went all kinds of like police brutality. Like, yeah, they just
2: in on him. Yeah,
0: you know, like it's Eddie just pulls out, or uh, Lou just pulls out his gun <laughs> and like cocks it. <laughs> well,
1: and I, I think it's it's interesting because you got to think about what was going on, you know, relative to now. Because we're in 2018, we're certainly you know, in a different era. But this was probably two months before, like, the Rodney King riots and everything really took over in L.A. So this was still when you could make a sort of, um, not that there's anything innocent about a police brutality joke, but it was just kind of, you got to remember what was going on, you know, at that point in America relative to where we are now or even, you know, six months after it aired. So it definitely provides an interesting commentary on... um, you know, the early nineties.
2: That's a great point. I never thought about that before.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, so then the eighth person, uh, was Wade Boggs who happens to be (laughs) in uniform, getting a beer at Moe's and starts having a conversation with Barney.
1: One beer or 60 beers. No, I I think (laughs) it's great because we've, we've talked about Wade Boggs and the legacy that is Wade Boggs on this podcast before. And if no other reason this this kind of helps the audience you know like get it that he's in on the joke, his soul larger than life drinking uh, that Wade Boggs would be known for for what 20 years to come, he was in on it, otherwise he wouldn't have recorded this. so right. what's a great sight gag is not only is he at a tavern, but he then gets in a bar fight with Barney, but they're not just fighting over whatever they're fighting over different members of British Parliament. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're, they're arguing over the the uh, the the best prime minister. For yes. That's what reason. it was. Yeah, because because uh, let's see, uh, who did Barney think it was? Pitt the Elder? No, Barney thought it was Lord Palmerston. Lord
2: Palmerston. Yeah, yeah, or yes. Palmerston.
0: Yeah, and then Wade Boggs was arguing for whatever reason for Pitt the Elder. I have yeah. no idea why. Uh, <laughs> I, I must guess have loved his have, time. have heard
1: of Churchill like I don't get it
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. <neither>. like, just <sighs> well, plus like why
2: would Way care or Barney right. for that
0: did matter? Barney care? <laughs> where did this like, come from <laughs> like Barney is such a great character on that show because he really is like he has so many levels to him he's so deep like mm-hmm. he really is it's incredible
1: he gets his crap together in the Mr. Plow episode that's yeah. true He, he gives Helmer
0: run for like, his whatever, money. Whatever Whenever he becomes an astronaut. Yeah, I mean, you know, same Oh, kind of thing. yeah, when well he
2: does, like, other cartwheels, and then Homer yeah. tries to do it. There was a man from Nantucket. Right. <laughs> it like, crashes. Crashes
0: and burns. <laughs> um, so the last person, and I left him last for the specific reason that Caitlin brought up earlier, um, Daryl Strawberry is the only, he's the right fielder, Homer's main competition. He was the only one that was fine. I forgot about that. He was the only that. one that played. <laughs> that's I don't know how great. that so
1: me <laughs> he starts the game he's going to right field and of course Marge and the kids are in the stands they're watching, they're filming and so Bart and Lisa decide to start getting under Daryl Strawberry's skin and what they do is they just start slowly chanting Daryl <laughs> Daryl <laughs> and what's great is Marge is like cut that out, that's really rude and the kids are like oh they're a professional athlete he gets it all the time And one of the best parts is the camera then cuts to Daryl Strawberry and he just sheds one lonely, sad tear (laughs) and he looks so upset. And another great little visual gag there is while Bart and Lisa are chanting, Maggie is sitting between them and she has her hands up to her mouth as though she is also chanting even though she has her pacifier. (laughs) I
0: never noticed that before. I didn't either. That's pretty good. So another thing about the stands real quick. Uh, I love the peanut guy who couldn't hit the broad side of a barn while he's trying to throw out peanuts to people. And he like throws a, a sack of peanuts onto the, the pitcher's mound. And like, keep in mind that that's 60.6 feet from home plate. So like, that's a long ass way from that's the That's remarkably all the, bad. Like, yeah. You got a, a cannon out onto the field. trying to You got
1: to be there.
2: trying to be that bad. I don't right. know.
1: I think another one lands like in the parking lot. Yeah. And of course they're <laughs> knocking people out. It's a bunch It's bunch of wonderful. Cars.
0: Um, so the one, uh, line that cracked me up is whenever, uh, Smithers is telling Mr. Burns about everything that's happened to all these people and that, uh, Steve Sachs is facing six consecutive life sentences we didn't <laughs> talk, we, because he ends up getting arrested and accused of like every crime that happened in New York. So every he's in jail.
2: unsolved crime in New York. Yeah.
0: yeah. So because he says I heard someone died in New York and. He's, people die every day in New York. Well, you just <laughs> don't know when to keep your mouth shut, do you, sexy boy? <laughs> so it's unreal. probably
1: one of the like the most competent you ever see. The Springfield police are when they're pinning fake charges a <laughs> ball player. But
0: not that. But also not because they, they. I mean, like I said, they cocked the gun from the very beginning. I mean, they were ready to roll. They were ready to roll. It was that's incredible. Uh, so anyway, so Daryl Strawberry, like I said, the only one that still gets to play. He hits nine home runs throughout the game. Another, uh, and of course, just outshines Homer. Like whenever they're in, he's in right field, Homer calls for the ball, and he just goes up for the catch and hangs for like a good 10 seconds. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is a little off.
0: triumphant. Yes, when he yes. catches it. <laughs> <laughs> um. One throwaway little little piece of imagery there that I noticed today that I'd never noticed is it shows in the it's in the bottom of the ninth inning, it shows the scoreboard, and it says Springfield 43, Shelbyville 43. 43 runs in these games. Each. Jeez. 86 <laughs> hey, runs up. total. And <laughs> they're in the bottom of the ninth.
1: Maybe, maybe Homer was right when he said you get to bat ten times in a in uh, game. Apparently.
0: But look at uh, look at so Daryl Straw we, and we could break down the real uh, complexities of this episode. But Daryl Strawberry said that he hit nine home runs before Burns pinch hit for him and put Homer in for a, la- a righty versus lefty.
1: <laughs> Man, if only there was a current major league manager that could take a learner thing or two for how to appropriately pinch hit batters.
0: We're not talking about the Kapler countdown right now. That oh, okay. <laughs> this
1: is a Kepler countdown list episode. Yeah. So yes, uh, Justin brought it up. So to get a righty versus lefty scenario, they throw in Homer. Now does Homer hit a game winner? Caitlin, what happens?
2: So all I remember from the scene, I, I got to admit, like I'm blanking on the scene other than when Burns pulls them aside and like tells them all these, all these really complex <laughs> Pieces of like how he's going to signal to Homer what he's going to do, and he'll say something like, "I'm going to tap my belt buckle not once, not twice, but thrice." And then he like, <laughs> so Homer walks up to the plate and he looks back at Mr. Burns and it's like, I can't even. I wish there's a way I could convey like what Mr. Visually, Burns is doing yeah. on the side, but like he does this little like penguin walk and like a sticking his tongue out. He's got his hands like behind his head and. Oh my he's gosh. Like he's all kinds of, yeah, you no, It's, it's a, just nonsense. Just utter nonsense. That's
1: exactly what happens. And as a result of that, Homer gets hit by a pitch and <laughs> knocked out. The winning run scores, and the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant wins the game. Love it. I love it. Wow. It's an
0: incredible episode. I also love earlier in the game, whenever Daryl Strawberry's up to bat, and uh, Mr. Bird's like, quick, I got to think of something. Hey, Strawberry, hit a home run. You got it, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> he turns around and hits a home run. And the other thing I love is whenever Homer is showing off, whenever Wonderbat is working, and he stands up, hits a home run to left field, and then points to left field instead of <laughs> pointing to left field and then standing up and hitting run. That to was a field. great throwaway. I love that. Effect.
1: Well, you got to call the shot. Just sometimes it's okay to call it afterwards. after, Right,
0: right. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I do have a small bit of of trivia that my research for this episode showed, at least according to Wikipedia, my most credible source. Love it. This episode has been credited with saving two lives. Wow. And the reason being is, remember that first scene we were talking about with the lobster and the Heimlich maneuver? I guess (laughs) kids remembered seeing that sign and Inadvertently learning how to do it. So it says in May of 92, Chris Bency was able to save his brother's life by performing the Heimlich maneuver, having seen it on that episode. (laughs) And then once again, uh, 25 years later, in December of, excuse me, 15 years later, December of 07, Aiden Bateman saved his friend Alex by recalling the Heimlich from this episode.
0: Wow.
2: I guess my question is: Were they both eating lobster when it happened?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a valid question. Were they eating full lobsters?
2: Yeah, full <laughs> lobsters, not even just a tail, like an entire lobster. Well, I think that's the off. only way
1: it works, right? I've, I've never heimliched someone, but I feel like it only works if you're eating an entire shellfish. <laughs>
0: we'll try it tomorrow. We'll try it later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll do it as we'll. Uh, I don't know if we want to do that on the pod, but we'll we'll figure it out. That'll um, be
1: episode twelve: the lobster eating challenge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, we've got a special edition of Rapid Fire where we're going to ask each other rapid fire questions about The Simpsons, two each. How about that, guys? Sounds great. Wonderful. Cannot wait. All right. Caitlin, why don't you get us started?
2: All right. So I'm going to start with you, Justin. What's your favorite Treehouse of Horror skit? And let me say skit by like not the entire episode, but like one of those three or four segments that they have in each episode. Okay.
0: So it's between... The episode with, with, that involves Al Gore and Bill Clinton with Kane and Kodos, that's a given. Of course. It's an absolute given. And probably Bart the Fly, whenever Bart swaps <laughs> bodies with the fly, because good Homer has the matter transporter, which is an outlandish concept to begin with. Um, I just, all, all I could ever think about is whenever Homer put one of those in front of the toilet and then went to pee in it, but then later <laughs> throws his arm into it and Lisa... It hits Lisa, clearly, on the other side, who is clearly on the toilet. How shocking. <laughs> How absolutely shocking. Ben,
1: so, same question. I, so, same question on that. I'm, I'm going to agree with Justin and correct him slightly. The presidential election episode was from 96, and it was Clinton versus Bob Dole. That's what I, wonderful that's Bob Dole done like the, this. <laughs> yes, you get the wonderful line at the end where after Kodos and Krang have um, – ripped off their masks and enslaved humanity and marges lamenting at how terrible things <laughs> are you get homer saying don't blame me i voted for kodos you know <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> like
0: again, he knew the entire the affection, time. you know yeah. don't look yeah. at me
2: <laughs> Speaks volumes about their relationship
0: awesome so. okay. perfect uh so ben what is your favorite oh, i want to hear from both of you but ben first what is your favorite chief wiggum situation
1: uh, for me it's anytime he tries to be a good father for Ralph and he just <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: just
1: doesn't just doesn't do it and so just the poor kid is not set up for success and anytime that that there's still love there but it's just not necessarily working out in anyone's behalf
0: They murdered <laughs> it with the with the graphic representation of Ralph because of, like uh, being a cross between Sarah and chief Wiggum. Like Mm -hmm. he looks just like what their offspring would look like. Yep, (laughs) absolutely. Caitlin, yours. What about you? Uh, You
2: you know, I I think my favorite Chief Wiggum moment is when, like, I think that is it. Bart or Lisa's class that has like the field trip to go to like the the. police station station? and they're all just like camped out outside waiting and you see him like running up there and he's like he's got his like electric razor going he's just like man it's harder and harder to get here by 10 o'clock every morning (laughs) and he like walks over to like the the voicemail and just deletes like all 96 (laughs) messages that are on
0: there (laughs) I love that the police station has a voicemail
2: I know (laughs) it's just quintessential Springfield
0: well mine is certainly the uh uh, in the Prohibition episode, whenever uh, Moe's is clearly like the speakeasy in town and Wiggum's there just partying and Rex Banner comes in, he's like, All right. Or, or no, it was all the, the church, uh, like Reverend Lovejoy's wife and everybody. He says, All right, better turn on the old Wiggum charm. And he's just drunk as hell and disheveled and <laughs> walks up and just starts making like grunting noises. And
2: he's like hiking screams. up his pants
0: <laughs> as he's walking. Yes. <laughs> Disgusting, but incredible.
1: Yep. Oh, that's great. All right. My question for both of you, we'll start with Justin. Who is the best guest star on The Simpsons? Oh, that's a good one. best
0: guest star?
2: It's got to... Not including this episode, obviously, because we've already dissected it. I'll I'll
0: stay out of the baseball episode. (laughs) I would say it's probably got to be... God, almost everybody's been on this show. Um, Mm -hmm. I would probably say... The George Bush one stands out to me pretty big.
2: Oh, that's a great one.
0: Because of how, w- with the grain that episode was in general. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the one. I don't know though, but Hank. So because I, I would I would answer Hank Scorpio, but that he's not really a guest. He's more. I mean, he's a guest <laughs> voice, but he's not really like a guest guest.
1: Okay, that's fair.
2: Caitlin, where's your head? Oh at? man, I don't even know where to. I okay. Just because this is just such a golden season, I really love like the seasons like three through like eight or nine. I feel like that was just like the golden age of The Simpsons, and like I think I think they kicked it off really well. Like kind of early in season three when they had Michael Jackson come in and (laughs) guest star, and he's like, so uh, to preface this for anybody that hasn't watched this episode, like uh, Homer gets admitted to an insane asylum as a result of just being Bart's parent. Like, Bart just drives him <laughs> mad. So he meets this guy at the insane asylum that thinks he's Michael Jackson and, like, gets him to call Bart. And, like, uh, it is Michael Jackson. It's Michael Jackson's voice, like, throughout the entire episode. But it's just, like, this big, like, bald, fat guy Hopey that just night. sings like it. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah. When you get the wonderful uh, earworm from that one. It's a Lisa, it's your birthday. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Half and it's because It'll be in my head for the rest of the month. Okay, so starting as a as a guest star, but then became a recurring character. I have to go with Kelsey Grammer voicing Sideshow oh, yes. Bob. Oh yes,
0: yes, that's, that's a good perfect. Idea. Yeah, perfect. I didn't think of him as a. I thought of him as a regular character.
1: No, you're right because he yeah. he became one. But I, I would argue that he started. All right, who's next?
0: All right, Caitlin next. I
2: guess it's me. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I'll start with then on this one. Who is your least favorite member of the core family? And we'll oh. say. We'll leave Maggie out of this because I feel like Maggie, is she doesn't she really have any value add. Yeah. So maybe like between Marge, Homer, Lisa, and Bart, who's your least favorite?
1: You know, I hate to say this, but I have to go Bart. I think. Really? No, here's the thing. Okay. I think that, that starting out, Bart was so instrumental in getting that show. And that was where a lot of the, the youth came came from uh, the youth audience, but I just think that overall um, you get more depth with the other main characters that are more enjoyable on longer term. For example, I think with Bart, you're going to get more of like a flash in the pan sort of humor. It's funny one time as a throwaway bit, but I don't think you get as, mu- as many layers.
2: That's I fair. See that. There's not much depth. I get what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Mine is huh. definitely don't... Lisa. Uh, I lo- but I love Lisa all at the same time. I just, she, cause, cause Lisa's sort of the ground wire of the situation in the house. <laughs> yeah,
3: she,
2: you so know, true. she's sort
0: of the baseline. She's
2: boring in that sense, yeah. Yes,
0: and, and that's fine because every group needs that. Like everybody's got to have this, you know, kind of the, the center. And because if, if the center's off base, then everything went downhill a long time ago. And I think
1: at, at certain points, I think in, in my household, like I am both Lisa and Homer and my wife, when I'm not Lisa, my wife is Lisa. Like we alternate that role very well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. So I I think that she's almost easily, it's almost easy to root against her at times just because she gets so fired up.
2: Yeah. I think she's probably my, she's probably my least favorite as well. Um, I think for the same, I just, I know that there's depth to her and there's been a lot of episodes exploring, you know, her loneliness because she's so smart. She doesn't have a lot of friends. So it's like, you kind of feel for her in that sense. But at the same time, like it's always the same thing. Like, I just feel like it's the same shtick. Like her character doesn't really evolve much beyond just the awkward, smart girl.
0: Yep. And she just
2: kind of puts the kibosh on any kind of like fun things in the family. So, but uh, kind of like you said, like at the same time, it's like you, you have to love her because I mean, otherwise the entire family would just be derailed because they're all nuts <laughs> if Lisa wasn't right.
0: there. So. She's the control. That's what I'm, tell- yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Awesome. Ben, cool. do you have one more or are you good?
1: I do have one more. All right, uh, go. So in an early season when the, the writers were told to add a, a, another character to try and appeal, uh, they lampooned that by adding another character to Itchy and Scratchy named Poochie, the sunglasses wearing dog. So, how much money would it take for either of you to get a Poochie tattoo?
0: Oh, man. Probably less than you'd think. <laughs> 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 it's probably <I> affordable. <laughs> I, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it would be less than a paycheck, I'd think. I what said I want
0: attitude on him. <laughs> Put the glasses on him. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I okay, guess,
2: like so maybe just attitude. for like the just for like the novelty, because I mean nobody else besides Simpsons fans would really get it, right? So I mean, oh no doubt, you know
1: they they would just think we have a stupid dog tattoo.
2: Do. They'd be like, "Is that Snoopy?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, that you uncultured stupid? swine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you heard the no.
0: Simpsons. <laughs> I think that the I love that on, in that exact episode. As a sidebar, that I love that that they. They talk about how it's such a a ruse to add another character to a show just to get better ratings, but they do that in that episode when <laughs> Roy the comes to live with whoever the hell Roy is comes. <laughs> and I love that he's just kind of the punching bag. Where Homer's just like, "Put a sock in it, Roy!" <laughs> <laughs> like, just kind of the punching bag of the whole thing. It just cracks
1: Well, it mind. just shows a, it shows a good awareness from the writers, like as they're making that sort of right. thing happen. Yeah, I love it.
0: Yes, it's the perfect lampoon. All right, one last question for each of you: What is your favorite Simpsons character outside of the family? So on the fr- so just outside the family in general, oh. like Grandpa doesn't count. You know, like that's Patty and Selma; those are family. So outside of the family,
1: I'm going to need about two hours to mold this over. No, um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Principal Skinner. Skinny. I think you get so many wonderful, wonderful things um with principal skinner um my favorite thing is it's become a meme now is he'll be like am i out of touch no it's the children who are wrong (laughs) that's just just like me becoming an old man (laughs) that's right um and and you get a lot of depth there in history and i love the fact that he stole martin sheen's identity in vietnam and like there's all this extra stuff there and then the extra like who is he in living with his with his mother, and then the awkward relationship between him and Edna Krabappel, rest in peace, or him and Super Nintendo Chalmers? Like, there's just so <laughs> much wonderfulness there. I go with, um, I go with Skinner.
2: Okay, Skinner's that's a good. solid one. Yeah, it I think is. mine. I think I'm gonna get some flack for mine uh, because he's not like in. A lot of episodes, but just for me, like the ones that he's in, just like knock it out of the park. And I think they're just hysterical, but I love, I love Apu. (laughs) It's just like, I think, uh, I I think one of my favorite episodes is uh, when he gets fired from the quickie Mart and moves in with Marge and, and Homer and the kids And then uh, you just, like, catch him up on the roof, like, howling at the moon because he's so depressed.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's the end of the musical number, um, Who Needs the Quickie Mark? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Let's hurl a quickie mark.
0: (laughs) Because that's right up there with this very similar to the same episode whenever he has to fake a marriage. And so they move in with – Homer just says, oh, the convenience store guy is going to move in with us. Just so, like, (laughs) doesn't even think about the rest of the family and everything else, and how that affects everybody. It just gets me every time. Um,
1: So he's actually been at the, uh, a little bit of hot water now. They're talking about, um, you know, like, once again, bringing it back to 2018. um, What is, um, you know, Hank Azaria voicing uh, an Indian man? What's that say as a social commentary? And I believe one of their last couple episodes, they tried to address it. It's like a whole thing. So... Weird. It's interesting reading huh. up on, on what the dynamics are uh, for that character, but he's, he's still you know, he still holds up even in that controversial space. You know what I mean?
0: Hmm. I do. That's why I don't watch these newer episodes just too much. It's too weird. Too much. Yeah. Absolutely. Well mine, Justin,
1: who's your favorite?
0: Mine so I struggle with this a lot. I'm I feel like it changes from day to day. Um because we could remake this list, you know, this, this, uh, or we could re-answer this question tomorrow and it'd be completely different. I would say that my favorite fringe character is probably Kent Brockman. (laughs) He's definitely up there because he's so racy and he's such a smug son of a bitch. Like the fact that he won't go on without eating a grilled cheese. Where
2: the hell's my (laughs) grilled cheese?
0: (laughs) Like that's so outlandish, Gosh. and then the things that he does say are just, just ridiculous. Like whenever in that same, uh, or whenever they thought that the ants, whenever it was the space <laughs> episode, the ants, yes. the ant farm busted, and they had the camera up in the shuttle, and the the ant got on the lens, and they thought that the ant people were taking over, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Kent Brotman just concedes. It's just like, well, I welcome our new leaders, you know, just <laughs> completely, just. Goes off the rails and doesn't even remotely stop to question maybe this, you know. There's a couple steps really before
2: is. we get to welcoming the ant overlords as he did. So. <laughs> that's right, right, right.
1: I, 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 for one, welcome our new insect overlords yes. or something like yes. that. Yes, great.
0: Or just like that episode whenever Marge is looking for the dress. Or no, 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 the one with the hurricane. Whenever he says, uh, whenever he's talking about how it was named Hurricane Barbara, and he decides to address sexism by saying, and for those of you that think that naming a hurricane after a woman is sexist, you've clearly never seen uh, women grabbing for items at a discount clothing bin. (laughs) It's just so awful.
1: What's awful, too, is as a newsman, like, hey, even years are are female names, odd years are male names. It's just totally like any newscaster worth their salt would not... Oh, I love it. Well done, everyone. Awesome. A lot of good hot sports opinions on this. That's good.
0: I love (laughs) it. I'm glad we got to talk about this.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. So, uh, yeah want to start out by saying thank you so much, Caitlin, for for joining us today. We're definitely hoping um, for some of that entertainment perspective in the future. In the meantime, thank you, everyone, for listening. Do not forget to check us out on social media. We are on Twitter at OutfielderPod, Instagram at OutfielderPod. Check us out on Facebook at The Outfielder Podcast. And, of course, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. Make sure to check out sensiblyloud.com, where, guess what, we have tons of blog posts coming at you. So, after you've listened to this episode, if you still need an outfielder fix, check us out there to hear uh, some of our rantings and ravings, baseball-related or otherwise. And as always, we are on iTunes. We are on the Google Play Store. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe if you like what you're hearing. That really helps us out, and thank you so much for listening.
0: Absolutely. Thank Thank you, Caitlin, for joining us. Uh, we want to thank everybody uh, who tuned in for episode 11 of the Outfielder Pod. Uh, we want to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Until next week, keep patrolling the outfield, and we'll see you next time right here on the Outfielder Podcast.
3: I've got no photographs of you and me Thinking of the good times we had And how it used to be And I can't help but to feel like life at been But I'm from under my feet So what can I hold on to? You pull me away, every single day Why are you screaming in my face? You discriminate, yeah that's what I hate Yeah, I'm feeling quite out of place It's my understanding of the world today That it's not getting better, it's not going away And I'm not feeling better, I'm not gonna get She so can't break it down a little, cause I can't understand We're too tight And i am breaking the rules again But I'm not sure what I've done found the meaning to die, that meaning was You're God, and I know that you You're the only one that keeps me hanging around What am I getting myself into? Hanging around, it's never been this far before Now touch to the ground, Walters will stick around for more And it's a shot to the head, yeah yeah. Well I know she listened you know to what you said But the world that keeps me lying here Lying here whoa You keeps me lying